Can a lightsaber cut Superman? Do we think that's a, a thing? Well, you know, I always thought it would be like, no. Because, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it has, the only things that can hurt Superman, as we all know, well, some of us, I guess, are things that are magic and things that are from his home planet. And a lightsaber is technology, you know what I mean? From a different planet. It's not, you know. So I figured it would be like if someone went to hit him or something with a lightsaber, just bounce off. I would think so too, except, well, doesn't he get his power from the sun? The like, yellow sun. Because the sun, the yellow sun, yeah. I guess they are crystals. Kyber crystals. And it's funny because actually this just reminded me of uh, there's that Alex Ross painting of Darth Vader versus Superman. And uh, Superman is straight up just holding Vader's saber. Oh. I can picture it now. That is a yeah, and there's one. like there's like sparks everywhere too. Well, you know, it's funny. That brings cool. up another interesting point. Like, think about the Marvel universe. Do you think Adam Antium could stand up against a lightsaber. See, I wonder about that too. Do you think like the adamantium would just like go through the lightsaber? Because I mean, technically, that's well, but the light, but adamantium's metal, and wouldn't it melt? I don't know. What's the melting point of adamantium? Like, if the saber's hot enough, I would assume maybe. Like if Wolverine's like snickety snick and like go to go to strike someone with a saber and they're like not nope, blocked it, would it cut his claws off? Because remember in the Wolverine movie, that's basically how he got his claws cut off, and then for some reason he had them in the next one. Oh, any explanation? <laughs> that and then you got to think like, what if uh, what if Cap went up against it? Because in the comics he has adamantium as a shield, but in the in the movies it's vibranium. I guess I would think it would be the same thing. I guess we got to figure out how hot a lightsaber is and what is the melting point for adamantium. Well, another question is once adamantium hardens, is it able to root again? Or, you know what I mean? Like when it's in its ore, like ingot kind of form, is it able to be melted down? But then once it cools and solidifies, do you think that uh, that's how how it works because that's what i mean that's what met, that's what swords and shit they're tempered right interesting i don't know that's i mean they're both they're we're all talking fictional things here right <laughs> nobody knows deep. yeah we're getting math involved getting science involved i'm gonna say I hear i'm gonna say yes i think i think a lightsaber could cut through adamantium all right. But then, I don't know. Why would Superman not... You know what I mean? <laughs> is it is it just a really hot beam of light? Because, like, does it have... Now it brings up the question, like, what is a lightsaber's blade made out of? Because if it's just, like, a laser, like, you can pass through a laser no problem. Right. But, like, if it's hot enough... Obviously, it'll burn you, but, like, is it something you can physically hold in your hand? I mean, the the lightsabers do, like, hit each other. Right. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Stay tuned for more lightsaber talk. Welcome to another episode of Geekast X. Geekast X is a podcast released each week dedicated to all things pop culture. 
We cover the latest geek news, movies, and comics, as well as doing reviews and commentaries where you, the listener, can watch along with us. If you'd like to reach out to us with any ideas or feedback, please send an email to geekastx at gmail.com. That's G-E-E-K-A-S-T-X at gmail.com. Beside me is my partner in podcasting, Jake, and I'm Sean. We give a special thanks to Anchor for giving us the tools to create this podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date and interact with us through our social media outlets, you can search GeekCastX on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have a backlog of old episodes available on YouTube and iTunes. Our newest episodes are available on Spotify and Google Podcasts. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of GeekCastX. Hello there, fellow geeks. As always, we start off with the latest news and rumors from around the internet. Coming up next, so stay tuned. So did you hear uh, Taika Waititi is set to direct and co-write a new Star Wars film? I mean, I don't know if you know, but he, he like kind of wedged his foot in the door of like the whole directing biz like they, they go a lot, little bit of detail into it uh if you watch the uh, it's called the gallery and it's the first episode was uh, about directing uh and it was about um i mean it's the behind the scenes series on the mandalorian and the first episode was directing and uh yeah he was talking about all these stuff about how like like he was getting cast in any movies and he wasn't like doing any of the things that he wanted to. So he's like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. <laughs> and him and uh, Jermaine Clements from Fight of the Concords came up with this one show about vampires. I think it's called like what we do in the dark or whatever, but yeah, it, it's pretty funny flip or show rather. And then, you know, that's how he got picked up on Thor Ragnarok and eventually made his way to uh, the world of star Wars directing a few episodes of the Mandalorian. He does the voice of uh, IG-11. But yeah, dude, that that Mandalorian show, I can't wait for that to come back on. And I want more episodes of uh, The Gallery because I thought they were releasing the first four episodes on Star Wars Day, which was a few days ago. And I'm very disappointed that it was only one episode. I'm like, what? Oh, man, this is so good. I just want to keep watching it. And it's very interesting to see the show about behind the scenes it's like a kind of a different take because there's like a roundtable discussion um, in the first episode about the directors and directing and stuff. And each one of them gives like a little anecdote and stuff. So you got John Favreau there, who's like the producer and writer on the show. Then there's Dave Filoni, who I think should be head of uh, um, Lucasfilm, not Kathleen Kennedy, but that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, Dave Filoni is basically George Lucas's Padawan. Then you got uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Asian chick whose name I forget and Taika I've always been a fan of Taika like I loved Thor Ragnarok uh, I haven't seen Jojo yet but I really want to see that Jojo Rabbit um, but I, I think he's always you know I like the whole action comedy aspect of Thor Ragnarok so I think his the way he directed the Star Wars episodes of uh, the Mandalorian I think it would work really well for like a feature length film you know it's it, Star Wars is kind of hard to get right in the comedy aspect you know what I mean because like it's not supposed to be funny but like you find these serious moments and then slight moments of comedy to relieve it like in uh, like Rogue One you know what I mean like that was the whole point of K2 he, he was the comedy so like you know you have this moment where it's really intense and there's battles going on and then the uh there's like oh shit there's some stormtroopers there they're gonna catch us and they're gonna be like oh no there's rebel scum and he's like quick pretend like you're my captives right and so like they walk up and it's like really intense and you're thinking like oh shit is this where they get caught is this where they get gunned down and uh cassian goes to say something and he gets slapped in the face by k2 and he goes melt off like that again and i'll have a fresh one for you yeah so i mean with that being said i'm definitely very excited for taika to be on a on a Star Wars film. I think that's I think that's a good choice. Um, I mean, with JJ and Ryan Johnson have done it. I mean, you kind of need somebody with experience, I think, for whatever's next. And that's why I think Filoni should be doing Rabbit. Dave Filoni should well, fucking I mean, get a movie. I swear to God, like, dude, he is so he did like most of Clone Wars, and I know you haven't seen it, but it is so 
freaking epic. Like on on Star Wars Day, they dropped the finale of Clone Wars. My God, oh, that was a tearjerker. Like it was so good. Like eight years ago, Sam Witwer tweeted this. Like, hey, uh, did you think eight years ago watching the show and the movie or whatever when this came out that it would end like this? And I'm thinking like, no, I would did not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Me and Sebastian like talked for like a good hour. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? Like, I don't know. We're gonna find out. And like, we're like basically giving our fan theories like oh what if they do it like this what if they do it like that because like basically how to how i explained it was genius in the fact that like that season seven was like imagine two trains right one train which is episode three right hurtling toward toward the end right and the end is basically anakin becoming vader and then you have clone wars which is a second train on another track running parallel headed to that same conclusion so, like, if you watch Clone Wars in tandem with uh, Episode 3, like, it lines up almost perfectly. So, you're like, holy cow. It's like, they timed this out and spaced it out. Dame Filoni is a genius. It's like, it, it's like Episode 7, or I'm sorry, uh, Season 7 of Clone Wars was, like, what was off screen in Episode 3 that we didn't get to see. And, like, it gives it, it gives Episode 3 so much more, like, gravitas. And, like, you know what I mean? It's so hard to explain but the way, the way it ended was phenomenal. So in some other space-like sci-fi news, Rick and Morty is back, which I am quite excited about. I feel like we wait forever for the next Rick and Morty episodes. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I greatly enjoyed this episode. I thought the Easter eggs were good in it. I thought the story was hilarious. Um, I have a passion for evil Morty and I especially have a passion for Mr. Oh, sorry. I should have said spoilers first. Sorry for anyone who hasn't watched. I'll stop there. But yes, I loved the episode. I thought it was one of the better ones this season. Um, I loved how the villain looks like Rajal Ghoul, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was great. It's back to be. It's great to have them back and back weekly, at least for just the next, you know, four weeks. Did you catch it, Sean? Yeah, of course. Um, I also Good. caught the dude what? at the bar looked like Wolverine, and there was like that Yoda dude in the corner, yeah, the chick, I guess. Right. the The Yoda chick was a pest. She was in the cabin. She was, yeah, she was in the cabin with all of the Rick X's. I thought that was, I thought that was <laughs> especially hilarious. Of course. <laughs> uh, I feel like there was hmm. some other like lookalike characters in there, but I love the uh, tickets, please guy. When he like, when he's, when he's playing, uh, like, yes. what's the game, Roy? But like, it's like a different version. Yeah. I, I didn't, I like kind of didn't understand that part. I was like, wait, 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 he's just, okay. He's just going outside of the cabin. And I, like, I was like, is he a real person somehow? It's like, was that, I, I don't know. It was all also so interesting and kind of like mind twisting of an episode. Yeah. I, I loved it because it got like so meta that they even like were like, you know, if we wanted to do this, we'd do another interdimensional or intergalactic, uh, no, it was dimensional, uh, cable episode. Right, right. It was in the vein of interdimensional cable, for sure. I mean, I thought it was a genius concept because it was basically, you know what I mean? Like, they were, like, they broke, like, the fourth wall by saying, like, you know, it's just, like, like how they were, like, oh, it's about plot point, and, like, quick, tell me something about whatever, and then it turns out to be a toy train. <laughs> Morty can't tell a good yeah. story. Scorpions. Mm. Female <laughs> scorpions. That shit was weird. That's hilarious. <laughs> what, what is it? Like, it's my special time. And like, pew, pew, they're shooting lasers from their crotch. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. I greatly enjoyed it. Mm. Oh, where's my list? I didn't know you were done. Sorry. <laughs> Three, two, one. Mark. 
So did you hear that they released? Uh, well, was is it released? Hold on, I gotta think of how to phrase this. No, uh, they have images out. Okay, all right. First I, images. I guess I should say revealed. Uh, three, two, one, mark. So did you hear that they revealed the uh, next DC animated film is going to be Superman: Man of Tomorrow? I guess it's going to be called Man of Tomorrow, and that they, they've released the casting basically of like the main, you know, people, characters. <laughs> uh, Darren Chris as Superman. I have no clue who this guy is, but, you know, we get Zach, Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor. I'm always a fan of him. He's great Spock. Uh, I'm sure he'll do great as Luthor. Alexandria Daddario, uh, most beautiful piercing eyes I've ever seen as Lois Lane. And Brett Dalton as the main man, Lobo. Interesting lineup. I have no idea who Darren Chris and Brett Dalton are, though. Like, no clue. Is, is it Man of Tomorrow? Uh, shit, who wrote that? Grant Morrison? Is that him? Alan, Alan Moore. Moore. Oh, what's the no. one that Grant Morrison did? Didn't he do a Superman movie or show or comic? Sorry. Did He did All-Star okay. Superman. I love that one. Yeah. Is that Frank Quietly? Mm-hmm. Good boy. It is. I don't know who. Yes, yes, Frank Wiley is my boy. Um, I don't. I never read Man of Tomorrow. Um, I I actually know very little. Yeah, me of here. It. I just know that it's Alan Moore. Same here. Like, like I don't even know who drew I'm it. I'm a huge Superman fan, and I feel like I may have read like a little bit of it, and it wasn't interesting. But I'm tired yeah. of all this. Yeah, I mean, you normally when <laughs> when you when you normally hear about. Alan Moore, you know, you kind of think Watchmen, V for Vendetta, Swamp Thing. You don't really, th- you know, maybe The Killing Joke. You don't really think like a Superman story because he kind of did, kind of did things that were not, you know, outside of the realm of sure. continuity. I guess except for like Swamp Thing. So I'm looking up. I'm looking up Darren but Chris, and he's from uh, from Glee. I guess. <laughs> I mean, Grant Gustin was on Glee, so yeah. hell yeah. I love Grant Gustin as the Flash. All right, can't say I have ever really watched an episode of Glee. Not, neither have I, but I have done. Yeah, it's an interesting cast. We'll check oh, it out when course. it comes out. We'll probably do a commentary sure. on it, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Which reminds me, yeah. uh, I guess Justice um, League Dark came out a couple of days ago, and it was it's I've heard high praise, so that's good enough for me to watch it. So. We'll put that on our... On our uh, yeah, we'll have to check that out as well. This animated universe they've been doing is seemingly... I, I to, For me, it's gotten a little dull. You know, sort of, you know, kind of been... I don't know. The universe itself has just gotten kind of dull. So to hear some good things about this one is encouraging. Not only that, have you, have um, you seen the, the stills and stuff that they released for this movie? They look... the, the, the It's like a whole new art direction. So it looks really interesting. Oh, I can't wait. I'll be watching that movie soon. Soon enough. Um, in other news, um, and I think I think I have to bring this up because we've talked on multiple casts now, and also this is just I, I just am blown away by this casting, but blown away in a good way. Like so excited but Nicolas Cage has been cast as Joe Exotic for an eight-part CBS show um he's going to be the Tiger King and I feel like they just nailed that I don't no dude no not Nicolas Cage totally rock that I bro I don't even know who that is how How, how are you gonna say that stands a chance against Um... Nicholas Cage uh, without a paddle. Uh, I'm sure if I showed no. you his picture, you'd Mm-mm. know. But uh, he he looks like a dead ringer. And actually, he tweeted a couple months ago, like if he isn't cast, <laughs> if he isn't cast as Joe Exotic in Hollywood, it's a crime. <laughs> That's funny. I guess mm. I could see Nicholas Cage. Yeah. I just think Nicolas Cage is crazy, and, like, that's 
probably what you need to play the Tiger King. Also, I can just see him in a bright blonde mullet from that one movie he was in. Con Air, yeah. Like Con Air or something? <laughs> well, not only really that, like, like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Do you think he'd be able to, because he's, he, he's like one of those guys you can do the voice of. So, like, it's very a very unique cadence. So, you think he'd be like, you know, like, Nicolas Cage, that bitch Carol Baskin. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I am just so intrigued to see if he has the chops uh, well, for it. I mean, I've always to be totally always honest, been a fan I've of Nick Cage. See him. Like, I know a lot of people like, oh, he's washed up. His movies are bad. I'm like, no, dude, I, I'll watch anything with Nicolas Cage in it. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I'd go <laughs> that far for him. But I mean, he was almost cast as Superman. <laughs> I watched that. Well, that was a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, so Um, was Batman. Your favorite Batman, Tim Burton movie. What what else you got? What you got, son? Come at me. I mean, it was a Nicolas Cage meets Tim Burton for a Batman movie. Things are getting strange. Batman makes sense for Tim Burton. (laughs) Superman, not so much. I mean, have you seen? Yeah, have you seen his other movies? Edward Skizzerhands. Oh, you, you're talking, you're talking huh? about uh, Tim Burton. Remember Nicolas Cage? I'm like, of course I've seen Nick Cage. Yeah, dude, I've seen all of their movies. I love. I'm a big fan of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think Nick Nick Cage is good for some weird shit, and uh, Joe Exotic sure. is I know. definitely. Uh, I bet he'll do shit. great. Um, I wonder if he like you know how like actors do research and stuff. I wonder what that's going to be like for him. Right. He'll just yeah. watch the documentary and on we're repeat. Good. Honestly, he'll probably call. Well, the, the weird thing is, prison, like Nicholas Cage. Like, I mean, I, I like think of him in like in, as Ghost Rider. Like his again, his voice is just so unique, and so is Joe Exotic. So would he try to do like a Joe Exotic impression, or I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. I will watch all eight episodes, <laughs> no matter how bad it is or good. I think it's I even better that Kate right McKinnon now. is going to play Carol Baskin. Uh, I'm a fan of her. She's hilarious. I would agree. She's yeah, like the best part of that funny. female Ghostbusters movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. She She'll make a good Carol Baskins. All right, folks, it's time for our weekly top five where we rank different topics and don't tell each other what's on our list. Coming up next. Since it's uh, recently been Star Wars Day, May the 4th, we're going to do our top five lightsaber battles in the Star Wars universe. Um, and as always, we start off with our honorable mentions. Sure. Sean, yeah. you want to go All first? Right. So, honorable mentions in no particular, you know, order of favorites or whatever. It's just, anyway. So, uh, I had the uh, Praetorian Guard fight from uh, The Last Jedi, where Kylo and Rey take out the guards. And there's that really badass scene where you think Kylo's on the ropes and then. Ray's like, oh, here's a lightsaber, and throws it to him, and he catches it, and like, shoots the guy in the face. Like, right before they, like, use the force to fight over it, and it shatters. It's like right after they kill, uh, Snoke. And I also had the OG Darth Vader versus Ben Kenobi from A New Hope. Uh, I mean, you gotta mention that. I mean, it's not cool enough to be on my list, but it's definitely worth mentioning. Because um, that's like the first sample of lightsaber duels we ever got. I mean, it wasn't much, but what it was was amazing. Right. And actually, someone did a read, like a redo of it, where they like <laughs> edited in like more badass scenes. Uh, like you know what I mean? So like they cut the regulars, the regular footage of it, and like made it look cooler by like doing flips and stuff. Um, and then obviously, interesting. This one is in order okay. because. This would be number one of my honorable mentions. The Darth Vader hallway scene 
from Rogue One, where, he, where he's on the Tantive Five and he just walks down Ooh. the uh, the halls and the doors are closing and they're like trying to get the plans to Leia and they're like goosh, goosh. The, the scene where he like throws that dude on the ceiling and just like mm-hmm. they're like screaming in fear. You know, it's this is this is this shows Vader at his full potential, basically. And I, I put it on the honorable mention. All these are on the honorable mention, right? Because they aren't really like lightsaber duels. They're just badass lightsaber moments. Gotcha. Yeah. I hear you. So for my honorable mention, um, I have. I have four, I guess. Right. I mean, it's almost like I have a whole other list. But, and again, these are in no particular order. Um, Kylo Ren's little battle oh, yeah. and the Rise of Skywalker, where he catches the lightsaber and gives the shrug. I absolutely just love, I, I love the passing of the lightsaber. That was probably my favorite thing in that movie. Um, but next, I have Yoda versus Palpatine. On my list. Um, and then I have Mace Windu versus Palpatine, both from Revenge of the Sith. And for my final honorable mention, I have Obi Wan and Anakin versus Dooku. And I guess that would also include Anakin dual wielding lightsaber. Um, so, yeah. Prequel and sequel trilogy. You're, you're gonna love mine because I, I threw some Clone Wars battle fights in there, and uh, if you like dual wielding, boy howdy! All right, all right. Let right. me start. All right, number five. I got Luke versus what you got Vader for number five from Empire, because that was a pivotal moment in the whole saga where we find out Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, and uh, we we get to see Luke actually use the saber for fighting and i don't know it was i just i love it that whole sequence where like you know he falls into the uh um carbonite thing and then vader thinks he has him on the ropes and he's all like you know obi-wan obi-wan taught you well or whatever but like not that well and he's like oh shit he just did a backflip out like so he falls into it and then does a backflip out of it and then like you see vader basically using the force to throw shit at luke (laughs) And then they like fall out a window. It's 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 amazing. Plus the whole reveal part. That's good stuff. Absolutely. Your totally agree. So for my number five, I I went with the Darth Vader uh, Rogue One hallway scene to make it number five on my list. Um, I just love that. I mean, that was pretty much all I wanted from the Rogue One movie. Like, I was like, I just want to see Vader do some Vader stuff. And that's what we got, even though it was, you know, 10 seconds long. I mean, it's Vader unleashed. He just mows down the rebels. And, I mean, it, it is, its position in the movie as well is just so, I, I just felt it was so tasteful. I mean, you'd seen all this stuff. You'd had a, Vader had a cameo. And then the movie ends with, like, boom, right. he's just mowing people down. Because you think, you which, think like, oh, he's just going to have that yeah, little snippet. I love that. That's kind of weak. And then at the very end, nah, we got more. Right. <laughs> number four. What I you got for number four? Ray versus Kylo from The Rise of Skywalker. Because, I, again, I thought it was a cool fight scene. Okay. Um, but it ended on all these like things kind of end on like a different note. And so like that Ray versus Kylo scene where he, she kills him and then brings him back to life. And then there's that whole reveal where he, she's like, you know, I did want to take your hand, but Ben's hand. And like, that always gets me when I watch that, like gives me goosebumps. I'm like, Oh, you know what I mean? And then like shortly after that, Kylo has that, you know, yeah. weird Jonathan Kent scene with, with uh, Han, and then throws the saber out into the ocean. And that's when he, beca- he basically comes back as yes, Ben Kenobi. And then, you know, runs to save Rey. Yeah, I like the, uh, I like the water, how it was, you know, they're basically mm-hmm. like fighting in a giant They were on the Death Star. 
right? It's good stuff. Right. But oh, yeah. like sitting in a giant lake. That's, that behind yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I was gonna say that so behind the scenes footage of that is hilarious. Because they're like telling they're telling Daisy Ridley, like, no, no, we're not gonna dump a bunch of water on you. You're gonna be fine. And then sure enough, kaboosh, they dump a bunch of cold water on her, and she's like looks over and she's just so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny all right so for my number four i went with obi-wan and qui-gon versus darth maul um i i think darth maul says enough by itself as to why it's on the list but i mean i i just also like that whole scene i mean they're running around the the doors that open and oh, like the laser shields you know, um, I love that scene because, like, you see, you yes, see, like, because uh, um, they're Jedi, Obi Wan is like freaking out, but Qui Gon is just meditating, and then they flash over to Maul, and because he's a Sith, you see him writhing with like anger, so he's just pacing back and forth, waiting. Right, it's good stuff, and I think it's, you know, it was really, it was kind of a. It was a big taste of like oh, the sure. lightsaber. First time we actually get, see, like, you know, acrobatic shit. movies. You know what and... I mean? Like Ray Park brought so much to that. Yeah. Side note: We met him once. Right. <laughs> he did fantastic. He was amazing. <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, and I was gonna say that. Still do. All we'll that we'll stuff. get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, I, I also I got right. I, that was gonna be on my list, but I'm like. Mm, I, I had a better one. Uh, <laughs> you'll find out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just a huge fan of Darth Maul. A, because Ray Park is awesome. And B, he's voiced by my boy Sam Witwer. And yeah, that was uh, that was also the first time we actually saw like a double-bladed lightsaber. So I don't know about you, but I remember being in the theater and be like, they can do that? Like, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right it was number very three, cool i have all right so he Savage got number three and darth maul versus sidious and it's from the clone wars right and so basically savage Opress is darth maul's brother and this is after he's been brought back from the dead basically well he was he was he was he survives the so after that scene where he gets cut in half he actually survives and rebuilds himself like he he survives on garbage he's like in a junkyard and he like he's all withered away and disgusting and he has he's like he uses the force to like create these spider legs and stuff it's actually really interesting uh but then after that savage like breaks him of this like weird psychosis that he has because he's like constantly like mumbling to himself and all that stuff he's like i'm nothing like i i all this stuff and he has this vendetta against obi-wan and so Sidious finds out about it and he's like, you know, you're my apprentice. You do what I tell you instead of like him wanting to seek revenge on Obi-Wan. And then so basically Palps takes them both on at the same time and dual wields two lightsabers and is able to take both Darth Maul and his brother on at the same time and like destroys them both. And like the last scene we see of that battle is I think Savage dies and then Darth Maul is left like badly beaten on the ground and Savage just or I mean Palpatine Sidious just sits there and shocks him like I have other plans for you and just and like it like fades to black as you hear Maul writhing in pain but it, it yeah dude it's like it's like one of those battles that, one, that like is on multiple cool. platforms. So like they start in one area and like jump down to another and like get busted out through a window. It's so good. Hmm. All right. So for my number three, I went with Luke versus Vader mm-hmm. on the Death Star, and um, excuse me on and Return of the Jedi. Sorry, I was getting my movies crossed there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's the ultimate, you know, Luke triumphs, you know, and I think, I think at a point in that, you know, Luke, it's clearly, you know, it's apparent that Luke has won. Um, but I mean, also shortly after Vader returns to the light side 
and honestly probably one of my favorite parts about this lightsaber fight is Luke oh, is wielding yeah. the green light, lightsaber. Um yeah. Did you ever see the deleted scene where it shows him building lightsaber. it? But ah, I have seen that. It was cool. That that could have been there instead of that um weird uh <laughs> oh never mind, I'm getting my movies crossed again. I was gonna say I was going to say it could have been there instead of that weird uh, scene oh, where right. he confronts yeah, Vader yeah. in the cave. But that's a good yeah. scene, too. But that's Empire, well, not Jedi. Only what you bring with you. Yeah. Number right. two, I have. Who you got for number two? Versus Ahsoka from season seven, Clone Wars. And what they did, yeah, dude. So they got. So for this scene. Oh. They got Sam Sam the Man Whitwer to do the voice, right? But Ray Park mo-capped this fight scene. And you can tell, like, there's a huge difference. So you're watching, if you're watching, like, Darth Maul's fight scenes from the early episodes of Clone Wars, you're like, oh, that's just animated. But with this one, it feels like Darth Maul. Like, oh, shit, yeah, dude, Ray Park mo-capping that, you can definitely see it. And uh, there's, like, a lot of classical moves there. Like, he's doing, like, these flips and stuff and corkscrews and, it's phenomenal. And it's another one of those things. This is when they're on Dathomir during the uh, sea- the Siege of Mandalore. And so, like, there's this huge thing going on. And he's trying to tell Ahsoka this whole time, like, about Sidious's plan to recruit Anakin. And Ahsoka does the same thing Padme does, where he's like, no, that's not true. You're wrong. It's impossible. And so he's, like, telling her, like, the whole plan, basically. I mean, not blatantly but he's like you know alluding to it and so she's like no you're wrong Anakin would never do that and so he is like trying to get Ahsoka to join him so that they could both take out Sidious and like this whole fight scene is one of those multi-level ones where like someone gets thrown through a window Ahsoka dual wields lightsabers as always and like they end up on like this catwalk right and like kind of throughout the series they were trying to capture them all and they finally do right um there's like a drop ship who they're like sitting there Maul's like yo meet me up top here pick me up we'll skedaddle and so he goes to do that but Ahsoka follows him up there and ends up besting him and the clones end up like like webbing him up kind of like Spider-Man and he's like hanging there right because he falls off these this catwalk thing right he goes no let me die basically because like he's afraid that once Sidious finds out that he's you know he failed he he doesn't want because he knows that find like Sidious finding out is a fate worse than dying. So that's why he's like, please just let me die. <laughs> it was a good, such a great scene. That's awesome, man. That's two. I'm telling you, you got to watch Wars Wars. In your It's top so five. good. You have. All right. Apparently it's in some ways better Season than the seven. movies was amazingly cinematic. All right. All right. So for my number two, I went with uh, Luke versus Vader Mm -hmm. in Cloud City and Empire for all the same reasons you mentioned earlier. I mean, I also also like to add that I kind of like that Luke gets a bit beat up. I mean, loses the hand. Um, But yeah, also... I just love that sort of arena that they're in, mm-hmm. you know, like the bottomless pit sort of that Luke jumps it down to and, you know, fighting by the, um, the thing escapes me, Freezing the chamber. carbonite uh, machine. Is that right? Freezing chamber. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm a big fan of that scene and it's also Vader just showing off like, Hey, we're we're battling right now, but like, right? He's like you know, barely using any you got of nothing his potential. on me, man. Like, I think that's what makes you know, uh, that scene in Rogue One that much better. Because like, obviously, back then they didn't have like the props and stuff that would withstand a beating. So, so you, you have Vader using these minute like little saber. You know what I mean? He's not like swinging or anything. And then you know, flash forward to when we we right. can do things where you can like clash things and not break props. And then, you know, they use that as an excuse to be like, yeah, he's so good at fighting and shit. He doesn't need to try that hard. But then you see him mad, like he's furious in Rogue One. 
So that's when we see him as the Vader that we've all heard about. Someone to fear. Right. Yeah, it's cool. I, All right. I got a Last feeling, but not least. I got a feeling we might have the same importantly, one. Uh, Obi-Wan what's your number Anakin one? On Mustafar. We probably do. Yeah. Nothing really beats the... Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the transformation of Vader. I mean, it's Lava Planet. They are fighting all around the lava. It is for all the marbles. This is the turning point of the whole saga. I mean, well, I mean, the prequels anyway, (laughs) where where we get to see because we hear about you know Anakin and how much of a war hero he was, and then we we see the prophesized he's going to turn bad, and it was it was epic. Just yep. the lightsaber twirls and shit, and that was another one. I think I feel like what makes a good lightsaber duel is the multi-staged yep. arenas. You know what I mean? Because they go either on Mustafar or on the edge of whatever. They go through this thing. They fight on these like basically lava f- um, fairies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, floating. Like, oh, I have the dry ground. Don't try it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it loses, dude. That is such a good movie. Such a good scene. A lot of a lot of a lot of emotion there too. Mm-hmm. You were my brother, Anakin. Absolutely, absolutely. Such a oh that 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 I feel like that has to be like mm-hmm. the consensus, you know, lightsaber battle. I mean, we just I at least I I don't know about you, but at the time I did not. I was excited for this movie. You know, the two before, by this time this third came out, I'd kind of realized the other two were kind of, eh, at times. But man, this movie hit it, like, from the get-go, like, lightsaber action right away. And the end is just a massive cluster battle of your two main mm-hmm. characters that have been there in all three movies. Yeah, and it's, not only that, it's, it's, it's like they pulled out all the stops. They're like, both of our heroes... One is turned. Both are be- at their best. This is their. They're both in their prime in this moment. And like, like, like Obi Wan says, you know, you're my brother, Anakin. You know, you you were supposed to destroy the dark side, not join them. And and he, you know, they they go at it, and it's that much more emotionally impactful. You know what I mean? Right. Did you know? It's huge. Did you know that Anakin Great. built his Great fortress on Mustafar, out looking where Padme died? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I knew his fortress was on Mustafar, but I didn't know it was. Yeah, as a reminder, overlooking where she had died. I also love that scene where he turns and his eyes are like fucking the Sith eyes. Yeah, so like, oh, yeah. That. You're not with me, right? And you're against right. me. And then over like, <laughs> then you are lost. Now it's time for a panel review with our comic crusader Jake. What do you got for us this week, buddy? This week for the panel review, I'm gonna review Wolverine. The Long Night, the podcast adaption. Um, so this, this, yeah, this graphic novel is a little bit different in the sense that it was a podcast oh. first, and this is the comic adaption. How'd that happen? Um, I did. Yes, um, it's by they made it a podcast, and they made this to be a podcast, and then they adapted it into a comic. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yes, I have also listened and enjoyed the podcast and would recommend it for someone that, you know, maybe looking for a podcast with a story or maybe you're just a big Wolverine fan. Either way, it's, it's good stuff. Um, it is told from, there are these U.S. marshals or like special agents that are investigating some murders in the city of Burns, Alaska. And the, the story is told from their Ooh, point of I view, like not Wolverines. 
um and but like, it's like one of those they're investigating um, do you remember yes the yes gotham knight makes... i've got a story for you or like it kind of like because it's told from each kid's perspective it has a little bit of embellishment right um not it's a bit different than a little different than that i mean it's you know, it's not an individual person's point of view, but the story oh. follows these two agents and what they do. Um, yeah. And, of course, they run in. They make some run-ins. <laughs> Knucklehead himself. I've never heard Wolverine. that <laughs> But, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's deep cuts. Um, Wolverine's on his own. He has run off to Alaska. These agents are there because of some murders that have happened. And they are murders <laughs> that are claw-related. So they seem to suspect him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's he's on his own. There's no, there's no other X-Men. Um, there is, you know, there's a, an air of suspense, of mystery to the story. Um, there's this very seemingly corrupt town of Burns, Alaska. And yeah, I mean, they just, it is, they, they give you an no. interesting Alaska. I mean, there's a cult up there. Wait, hold on. There's a very strange town. You're talking yeah, about the Eskimos? Cult, the cult's involvement is interesting. <laughs> they are not Eskimos, no. But, I mean, they are in Alaska. They're in a very, it's, it's clear they're on, they're on the ocean, <laughs> but you know it's a very foresty area. Oh, I meant Alaska, that the cult was the is What most of it is, anyways. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> they're not, not in this one, at least. I've, at least, well, I, I don't know that I've. I have ever another question. Most, what? So what? Um, I guess I don't, I don't know. I guess what like, a, like what timeline is this? Like, is it is like Wolverine older in this, or is he young, or is it an alternate Earth? Um, you know what? That was, you know, usually when. So that was, you know, not to jump ahead of ourselves, but one of the questions you know that Sean usually asks about the comic is, "What were you critical of?" and I there's no real there's no real explanation for his question like what timeline this is where is he in you know in his journey as Wolverine you know is this before he's with the X-Men is this after he's with the X-Men um, there are some things that lead me to believe that it is after he's been in the X-Men and there's a podcast sequel um, not I don't think there's a comic adapted for it yet, but in the sequel, he runs into Gambit and knows Gambit. So I kind of think it's after the comics, but that's never, that's never really explained. Um, I mean, they kind of say that he's running from Weapon X, but there's no real explanation to, you know, what timeline it's, it's, it's something that I'm a little bit more critical of in this because it's like, you're like, what is he doing in Alaska? And, you know, and there is a moment where you see that he uses his claws in public, and that's that leads him to move to Alaska. I have another question. So, like, in the first place. You said it was a so it was a podcast first, like a radio show kind of, and then they turned it into a comic. It was. Wait, hold on. That sounds very familiar. Yes. I think I do know about this. Yes. Maybe you told me about it. Okay, interesting. It sounds like. So, did you remember the whole Kevin Smith thing? How it was a podcast. I, the the Tusk movie with the podcast, and then he made that a movie. I did hear oh. about that. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. You're fine. You want to sure. mark Three, it and just two, um, one. Mark. ask me what I liked about it. So, what did you like best about it? What I like best is it's a mysterious Wolverine. Um, I mean, maybe that's why they don't give you too much of his why he's running. But he is, you know, he is kind of with the more mystery around him. It, it makes him more dangerous in this comic. I mean, it's there's at times where 
you know, you don't ever really think that it's Wolverine who's committed these murders, but mm-hmm. there is a few moments where you're like, wait a second. Did he do this shit? Like, and and it's good. I mean, but the story overall, it's suspenseful. It's, you know, it's it's a good Ooh. mystery. How many it issues? Has, it has a good twist ending um, with some... Uh, four issues, but there's like ten episodes of the podcast, I think. Um, for anyone interested in listening, did, and you did both, but yeah, they cram it into four comic issues and don't really cut anything out. Yes, I listened to it. I listened to it probably a year ago, and gotcha. just recently read do, the comic. Do you favor one over the other? Kind of like you know what I mean, like when you watch a movie adaptation of a book. Um, I think. Sure. Sure. Um, I would say maybe maybe because I understand it was a podcast first. Like I I, I did very much enjoy the podcast. So I, I would say that first because you know that's what it was made to be. But I Dude, very much like the comic I as like well. That. I'm a huge fan of the video game series Bioshock, yeah. and they did a radio show kind of adaptation a little bit of podcast kind of thing like that and it was really good so i recommend that as well what would you rate this one oh very interesting um i'm gonna give this a uh four out of five um it's a fun mystery read it is a different it's a different kind of storytelling for a comic book especially a superhero as big as wolverine um I, I was a fan of the art. Um, it, there's not a lot of inner monologuing in this, which can sometimes be monotonous in comics. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun read. I mean, it was once I picked it up, I really didn't want to put it back down again. It was good stuff. There's good drama. There's some good Wolverine moments in this. Too. I mean, it, it's it's I'll good to check stuff. Check that one out. I wish there was like a Marvel Universe app. You know, how the DC Universe app with comics. Yeah. Oh, this is news to me. Uh, do you you know, the funny thing is, one. so like <laughs> when you were like describing it, it I don't know. I was <laughs> picturing something. I don't know. Like, so like I was imagining like the, what what, what, what are they again? U.S. Marshals? Yeah, yeah I was imagining like these guys, agents, right? And they're honestly, like talking back anymore. and forth. And then like <laughs> they each have a story of like running into the wolverine but both are like bullshit and, and like while they're in alaska or whatever they see like a shadowy figure or something or get into some deep shit and then all of a sudden a wolverine comes out you know what i mean and like all you see from him is like a backlit silhouette and his eyes are all white and then they're like oh shit this is the real wolverine i think that would be a better story i will i'm excited because oh. you said it was a mystery well i mean I you'll have to mystery. check this one out Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, all right, guys, that wraps up another uh, episode of GeekCast X. Stay tuned, um, geeks. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next week. We give a special thanks to Anchor for giving us the tools to create this podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date and interact with us through our social media outlets, you can search GeekCast X on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have a backlog of old episodes available on YouTube and iTunes. Our newest episodes are available on Spotify and Google Podcast. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of GeekCast X.